Welcome back to Are You For Real? Today, we're sitting down with Ben and Charlie from Dreamboats, and we're gonna hear this, I already started hearing about it, so I had to stop them because I want to hear all of it on air. Their amazing adventure of rowing from, where did you go? From Lagomera in the Canary Islands okay. to Antigua in the Caribbean, so 3,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean. And it took you how long? 40? 40 days. Jeez. Okay. 40 days, 8 hours and 59 minutes, I think. <laughs> no one's counting. <laughs> no one was even there waiting for you guys. <laughs> so we had been on before he, before they went, and he was just talking to us about training and like, let's just, I just want to ask you this one question before we like dive in. Did you have, it's, is it kind of like having a baby? Like you have no idea till you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I haven't had a baby yet, but. Well, um, you know it, what I mean? You, yeah. brought, you brought a few home. No, it's the same, same deal. You just, you, in terms of preparing for it, you can do so much and then it's just, let's see what you got. So let's talk about it. <laughs> Walk us through like the first day. So you guys flew clearly there. Yeah. And then, um. How did it? So did everybody start together? Yeah, you, you want to kick off that bit? Or you want? To, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the so we, we basically you arrive in Lagomera, which is in the Canary Islands, and this is little volcanic uh, island, and you have two weeks to prepare. Our boat was shipped from here to to the Canary Islands, and then we we see our boat. We have two weeks to prepare, get all our food together, get all our spares, make sure the boat's in good shape. Um, just millions of things to do on your to-do list mm -hmm. because once you get out in the Atlantic there ain't no gas station there ain't no hotel, there ain't no shop nobody cares about your last name it, no one cares, <laughs> exactly. do you know who I am um, no one cares there isn't, you know, so it's one of those true expeditions where you've got everything on that boat for for any uh, potential um, you know, if you're going to capsize you're going to get hit by a marlin, you're going to get your rudders snapped off, these are all things that happen to us, yeah. so you're going to have a power failure um, if you're going to so so you've got to have just this everything for, for every different outcome. And um, so, yeah, two weeks doing that. And then, um, and then you set off and um, every – there was 42 boats, 43 boats? 43 boats. 40 so boats well. and 42 came back. Um, and one was they, – they survived, but they had to abandon their boat. Uh -oh. um, and, um, and so <clears throat> that was us. We set off. And into some headwinds. Were you nervous? Were you nervous? Yeah, it was a like a weird two weeks because you're with, you know, there's about 120 people total, all in the same position as you. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like nervous, kind of excited. A lot of people have worked like we we worked for two years to, to get there. Some people's journey had been five years. Wow, to, like to training, get, training to get the funds together to get the boat right. to get into the <clears> race. <throat> so there was shared nervousness with everyone but it was also like the level of calmness in the what is madness in all the briefings you're talking about like massive waves huge winds and everyone felt fairly calm right like had anyone done it before that had that yeah there was a couple of in the fleet wasn't there done yeah <clears throat> maybe two or three so they kind of knew what to expect yeah is there like a governor over the whole system? Like, because you're saying that they're educating you on like the waves and the wind and stuff. So is there someone that kind of was like overseeing you before you left? Yeah, there was a, the, the Atlantic campaigns have like a, a team, uh, a safety team. Got it. Uh, and you have to pass your inspections with them. Uh, and both Ian and Fraser, like the head safety guys, they've both done it 
multiple times. Um, Fraser, I think, has done it once. Ian's done it five or six times. Wow. So it's like to have that experience and then be like, okay, yeah, this is what we need to see from you guys. Right. That was kind of a calming aspect of it as well. Like knowing that you're nervous, but everyone's nervous. Right. And it's all going to be... Yeah, and it's a pretty global fleet. So boats have been shipped in from all over the world. And then they start arriving and everyone's boats in slightly different conditions. There's a bar called the Blue Marlin in this town, San Sebastian, mm -hmm. which is like a pirate town. It's where Columbus set off to, to find the new world. And um, this Blue Marlin bar, at the, first, at the beginning, everyone's in there and everyone's drinking and it's a party. It's like, it's like last days on earth yeah. atmosphere, right? <laughs> Just go fucking crazy. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people in the, in the military from, from different forces and some special forces. Like, it's just like a whole hodgepodge of people. Mm -hmm. And um, Charlie and I tried to avoid the Blue Marlin as much as we could. Um, and then as we get closer to, the, to, to kicking off, it just gets sort of more and more serious like it starts with just like wow yeah, we're, we're here, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's like oh we're here we're here. oh my god we're doing <gasps> well, I mean, i'm like literally i have nerves talking to you right now yeah i have nerves so you set off so then then you're ready and and, the, and <clears throat> you can hear a pin drop on the last day just like everyone's super focused they're just thinking about it some people got their family there they're saying goodbye to their family um and then it's just sort of wave of like, oh my God, we're going to row. And it could be, we could be out there for 40 days. We could be out there for 60 days. We're going to see stuff that we have no idea what it's going to look like. Waves are going to be, you know, we saw ahead of a big storm with 35 to 40 foot waves during uh, one, one period. So you're rowing into this. Um, and then, and then, yeah, you just start thinking about, you know, the team is Charlie and I we're yeah. off. And when next time, when we row out of here, the next time we're going to see land, it's 3,000 miles away where hopefully our families will be waiting in Antigua. And, mm -hmm. like, just to think, what is that going to feel like? And the distance between, you know, the start and the finish is just so massive. And you you start rowing away and, and there's a big, a big, is it volcano on there? It is uh, a volcano. Yeah, mass, volcano. yeah on um, Tenerife. Tenerife. And that's the last thing you see. So that's when you lose sight of land. Oh and you're just, like, rowing because you're rowing obviously backwards. Yeah. You're looking at land and you're just rowing. And what happens, which is wild, we, no one talks about this, but it happens to everyone, is you just start crying. I'm, about, I'm literally about to start crying right now. You it's, cry like you've never <laughs> cried before. I mean, it's, that just sounds so emotional to me. Oh, Charlie it's and like I. like everything you know is over there and you know you're just going away from it. You've got no. it. So that's it. Everything you know and you love and safety and you're not coming back. You're going that way. Yeah. And so you just, it all wells up. And you just cry for days. Yeah. I mean, Charlie and I at one point were like, we've just got to, we've got to stop crying. Man. It's like, it would literally be, we'd go for like six hours, no tears. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Ben, can you, can you pass me the sunscreen? <laughs> and it's like, uh, dude, you've got to, come like, on, we are crying go. over like sunscreen. Or like, I, I, it's just, it was unbelievable. And I think at one point we just, this has got to stop. Well, do you we, think it was just like emotionally, you're just trying to get yourself Re like mm. there or yeah, just like three three things are happening you're f in fatigued oh so, god yeah so you start and then you, you we we really pushed off we did we we rode straight for how long uh 10 hours in the end of so 10 hours we were rowing straight no break like sitting on an erg for 10 hours yeah why crying yeah um <laughs> that, this literally sounds like me after i had twins <laughs> <laughs> 
So you rode, you rode there and you, then at that point you're absolutely exhausted and then you've got to start getting into your two hours on, two hours off rhythm and you've got to like think, okay, I'm going to cook. What's cooking looking like on the boat now? We've done lots of training rows, but so you get into this rhythm and but you, you, you just become so tired that you're emotional anyway uh-huh. and then you're thinking of all the ones that you love. Then you're thinking of the fear and this thing. So it's like this massive, perfect storm and you have so much time and stillness, which is kind of I mean, weird. it's like 40 mm. days of meditating. Right, yeah. and, and when and with absolute when you're delirious, um, and <laughs> so then you, basically what, you're tripping. <laughs> you are. We we we've yeah. fully hallucinated. Yeah. Um, and you saw some parking attendants. Did you from Wentworth specifically Wentworth Street parking attendants? Isn't that wild? We're coming to the boat, and it's like it's four a.m. Yeah, and I'm not in a car, and I'm not in Charleston. I don't need to worry. But I was still like, thinking, yeah. Where's Where's the change? Yeah. Where's the change? Yeah. So you, had, you had Joey Welling, uh, I think, on the podcast, and he was hanging off the side of the boat for a night. Um, Did and then you I, see him, or both of you? I, I saw him. Mm. Oh, you would, we see our own things. And we, had, I saw some squirrels, and then, um, and then the, the the dials for me were beer cans, which is like <laughs> hilarious. I was just like, oh my god, it was like I said that Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, um, yeah, so you're off, you, 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 and then the swell in the ocean becomes bigger. So once you get off this sort of shelf and mm-hmm. you're just like, you know, rolling swells just become, it's part of your, you, it just takes a while to get used to like what a six to eight foot, like just swell on the ocean. And, and it normally has a primary and a secondary and we are learning this is like, so the previous weather system has still got some energy and right. the new one's coming in. So you having to like work out how to, how do you handle this? Um, did you guys get seasick? I think I read you did. Both of you did. Uh, no, I did. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't at all. Which I was actually going into it, I was really worried because we'd had some training rows uh, and there was one trip from Jekyll Island back up to Charleston where both of us, we were wearing escopalamine patches, which is meant to stop you from getting sick. But we were rowing in like the Florida heat, so it was like sweaty oh. as they just fall off. And we were like, okay, well, let's just go without them. Yeah. And we both got quite... Quite sick. Like on, throw up sick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. So Charlie is a, an absolute, just a, he's built of stern stuff. <laughs> um, he is built of granite. So, <laughs> and it's quite frustrating because I, I got food poisoning before we left, like really badly. A, a oh. couple of people got it in the hotel we're staying in. So I'm leaving knowing I'm going to be seasick because I'm always seasick and knowing I've just been throwing up for a couple of days. Oh. And Charlie, so I'm, we're rowing and all the crying's happening and, and <laughs> we're working out what we eat and I'm feeling terrible, but knowing we've got to just like crack on. And Charlie, and I don't, I'm not a great sleeper either, but Charlie like settles in after like you know, 10 <laughs> hours. He's like, you know, t- three course meals so, yeah. and snoring. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I can see him just like, oh mate this is absolutely delicious i'm like oh, i hate you but obviously obviously i'm thrilled because one of us is yeah. strong and actually charlie um you know talking about we, we had some really we did a lot of work um on on like what we were going to do when things happen so we weren't like we weren't making decisions out at sea so we'd, smart we had like gone through some real drills we had an amazing rowing coach one of the most experienced ocean rowers in the world and he just drilled us like here's what's going to happen how are you going to write what are you going to do you guys need to discuss this now so we we did a lot of work so an example of that was like really early on i'm very seasick for how many days child like five days six five days, days six oh days gosh. and you're rowing 12 hours a day and getting very little sleep and not eating so you're like losing i mean i lost a lot of weight that beginning yeah. bit um 
And so you've probably lost 20 pounds. I, I think I was the skinniest during that time. And Charlie's looking at this. And then it got to a point where I, I was needed to either, you just need to get over the seasickness. And Charlie's like, listen, what can we do? And I said, I just need to sleep for like, I need to four hours of sleep. Yep. Because the only way your body can get over it is if it's warm and healing and yeah. some rest. So Charlie rode through the night on his own. And he's already, this is him getting used to it. So he jumped in and did that. And I got four hours, straight four hours sleep, which is the most. Were you able get. to sleep? Yeah. I was just so, just absolutely, I was out. Yeah. And then, um, and then I came out of that and then we just started to eat a little bit more. And Did you feel better back. after that? Just gradually. Like I could yeah. eat a meal. It was just a question of like trying to get, because you're burning between six and 8,000 calories a day. Jeez. So if you're seasick, you, you, you don't want to eat anything. But, right. Um, or the things you do want to eat are just like garbage yeah. snacks. So, yeah, so we, we got over that, and that was a real pivotal moment. And then it just crept back in for like a half a day, didn't it? When we dropped off the, it was literally, Ben was like, I don't know why I'm feeling seasick again. And we just checked on our GPS. It's like, as you drop off the continental shelf. So it went from 3,000 meters deep to 5,000 meters deep, which doesn't, it sounds like, oh yeah, 3,000 meters deep, you're going to get the same swells. But the ocean just clearly had that little change that I mean, that's... you can't even see it, but God. you feel it. So we had a couple of chunders over the side, and then we were back. You know, but during this time, which is really cool, so we set off and we, Charlie and I had worked, as I said, like really put a lot of work into this, trained really hard and really focused, focused Lagomera, stayed out the Blue Marlin as much as possible. <laughs> and we, so we set off and we were flying, like even though I was at seasick, like we were, we were winning. We were like yeah. right up in the top because there are four man teams and two man teams mm-hmm. and there's a couple of fives and we were up with the fours. And so everyone's like, wow, the dream boats are flying. And so we were in the lead in our in the pairs category from the very beginning. And so we were like, wow, we're going a lot quicker than we thought. And then, so during, I think, all this time, we were so motivated to keep this boat moving as right. fast as possible that that was kind of a game changer for us. So there wasn't any feeling sorry for yourself. That was like, how do I get some fuel in me? Because it looks like we've... Obviously yeah, well, it's day not, you one, didn't want to just do it. You wanted to win it. Well, and I didn't think that was our goal, but like when we went out, we were like, oh, we're in, our goal was always to just do the best that we could do. Mm-hmm. And when we set off, we were like, oh, we're, we're in, we've put in a lot of work and it looks like we're, we're going to do well in this. So obviously there's a lot can happen between day three, four, and five and day 40. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we just, that was a game changer for us, just to keep the boot, the boat moving. And um, we had a couple of sayings on the boat um, we said, be where your feet are. Um, and so that's something we just try to think about all the time. If you're feeling sick. You just got to still be here and like, this will pass. I've just got to spend the next two hours rowing and then I can get back in the cabin. Yep. And then I've got to try and eat something. Like, I've just got to try and do that one thing. Nothing else really matters. I mean, um, talk about being present. You're all in. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys eat? Because you're vegan, right? Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had a wide array of... Uh, <laughs> freeze-dried like camping meals mm-hmm. that you, you know you normally find them in REI they're like a lot of them are just spicy pasta spicy rice uh everything was spicy <laughs> which <laughs> that was a bit fun coming up <laughs> yeah, which became a little bit of a problem um and then we had a ton of snacks as well so like a lot of the time we spent thinking what would we want to eat having something that's like nostalgic so I was in the UK for a couple of weeks before flying to Spain I was like cool well, I'm gonna get like all the chips that we used to have as kids and just like s- stuff that you know if you were a six-year-old what were you going to be excited about having in your lunchbox right. 
put that on the boat. Um, Percy Pigs, which are like a M&S, Marks and Spencer's <laughs> brand candy. Fantastic. Were an absolute game changer. Um, and it was, the, the scary part was the volume of food that you, you had to eat. And like, both working in restaurants, we're used to being around food all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And sitting down every day and being like, okay, you're eating four meals plus about what would normally be like three or four days worth of snacks. How, ma- in, like how, many, how many pounds of food is, did you guys bring? Because that yeah, matters, yeah. right? So it was our snacks, which got held up in customs, I think, were 220, 220 pounds worth of food. Oh, my God. Yeah, really? And that was just the snacks. And then we had the dried meals were probably around the same weight as well. So the... Um, so one of the things you got to, th- so we, there's a couple of like lessons in life that you learn from doing something like this. Our, our, all our snacks, we, we were like 98% vegan on that boat. Like mm. a couple of things was one sausage on and a couple of things for me that had like milk products in, but we, which really was the best thing that happened to us because we had to really get into the food. We had a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. Charlie like did so much work on it. So there was a ton of, we had a, like, people were looking at our like meal packs when we laid them all out and they're like, oh wow, you guys have like. Yeah, you're like, we're chefs. We're, yeah, we just said, <laughs> well, because of, because of Charlie being plant-based, we, we just had so much variety. So it was a, actually a massive advantage for us. And then the other part, our, our, all our snacks got held up in customs for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it only got released the day before we were set to leave. So we had to go to the local supermarket in Lagomero, which is like tiny, and buy... Not, not a supermarket. Yeah, and buy, you know, f- 75 days worth of snacks. It's a million... No, it was over five, a million calories. A, no, so was that you... a million calories total, or is that a million calories with snacks? Anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. It, it, was, it was a, a lot ton of, of food. A lot of food. And so we bought all this stuff, and then our stuff, and then our other things got released from customs, and so we're like, no. So we unpacked the boat, made this sort of hodgepodge of the stuff from the local supermarket and the stuff that we had. Um, yeah. So I think that was a, that was the only like really rushed element to it, and I think that came back to haunt us a little bit. And I ate all of Charlie's snacks when I had seasickness because I couldn't <laughs> eat the meals, and that also came back to haunt Charlie because we ran out of snacks towards the end. And he was mad at you. I was like, Char, we're totally out of snacks. We need to divvy up the rest of yours. He's like, Well, where have yours gone? I was like, Because uh. <laughs> during the night you're on your own and you're out there and you're rowing really hard and your mate's snoring in the cabin and you're like. Oh, is he really going to miss? Good. I'll just have one more pack of Pringles. So I, <laughs> and so you're like, oh. yeah. And then the next thing you know, you run out, and yeah. you have to like, you have that sort of moment of shame where you're like, I think you need to divvy up the rest of your snack. <laughs> Charlie's like, what do you mean? How could that be? <laughs> I, see, I, I secretly knew it was coming. It was alright. <laughs> I was do fun. appreciate what, that. So, is there like, did you have something to keep things cold? Like, no, it's no. it's everything's. It Warm. If you keep it below the waterline on your boat, it stays okay. fairly cold. Okay. Fairly being the... And then <laughs> let's talk about water, drinking you have, water. You have a water maker, a, a desalinator. Okay. So we ran that. Um, we have two solar panels and they um, charge our... We use a water maker, some sort of basic um, chart plotter, BHS. Uh, yes. Yeah, the AIS to let if other ships are around it, especially at night, that they can see you. But we only saw a couple of ships. Um, and so, yeah, everything depends on these solar panels. And then you make water during the during the height of the sun at 12. And you have this really strict routine that you get in. And if you, you have to be disciplined about. So 12 to 1 o'clock every day is when the water's made. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets a little confusing when you go through time zones. Like, is it 12 o'clock here or is it 12 o'clock there? Yeah. And we we just, stuck with one time, didn't we? Yeah. yeah one zone, but the sun changed. Um, so, yeah, that's, so that, that sort of life on, on board is pr- pretty simple. You... You row for two hours. 
as hard as you can, no excuses. And I mean, you got to give it everything you got. And we would like log miles and what yep. we did. And we have little competitions between us. And then you get off and you have to wash all the salt water off you and sweat. Um, so you have to like do this weird cold flannel shower thing. <laughs> um, and then you got to eat. So you got to wolf down your big uh, food. And then you get into the cabin, get all your clothes off, try and get some like cozy was stuff it, on. Was it cold or warm? It was both. Okay. Cold, <laughs> cold at night. Yeah, in the day it was roasting, so you don't want to be in the cabin. At night, even if you're in the cabin, you're cold. Yeah. Because the, the wind chill just like blasts you so even though it's like a moderate temperature with like 30 mile an hour winds rushing past you oh you're God. just it's damp everything's yeah. just damp so you so yeah you change you you get in those sort of dry clothes and then you probably get maybe an hour and 15 minutes sleep because you got to get up 15 minutes before you're ready to go on the oars and then you change back into your rowing clothes and if I, in hindsight if we were training again you'd think about this go to the gym every day but wear the same clothes for a right. week. For a week, because that's that, what... Can I be honest? That kind of sounds like my day sometimes. <laughs> I've been like six classes, and I'm like, these things need to be burned. Yeah. <laughs> but our problem was we had to put them back on after like day how after many, day. How many sets of clothes did you bring? Uh, we had five long sleeve shirts, two short sleeve shirts, two pairs of shorts, five pairs of underwear. Yeah. And I had five pairs of socks leaving, and I think I came back with no socks. <laughs> you were like, but I'm they, done yeah, with these. They're not, they're not making Did it. you wear shoes when you rode? Yeah, you have yeah. to wear shoes, yeah. I mean, this just blisters so bad. Um, so yeah, and then you're back, and then you and then you switch with your partner, and you have this like one moment where you're like, you do a little debrief of what happened, and then you like pass, and then your back goes, um, you know, you're facing backwards, and then that person's doing their same thing, and you do that 24 hours a day for 40 days. Yeah. And so we had one rule because we you just like pass each other. We were like, we will sit and have breakfast together every day. Oh, I love that. So we had 15 minutes breakfast, sun coming up. Yep. Turn and face each other. How are you doing? How are you doing? What are we doing today? Yeah. What have we messed up? What can we like, do better? Like keep it like kind of civilized. Yeah, and yeah. just communicate. Yeah. Like don't let anything fester. Um, just really have like honest chats with one another. How was the night? Where are we in the race? Mm -hmm. What's the weather coming up? Could you see where you guys were in the race on... We, we got an update uh, from our shore team every day, 8 o'clock. Okay. And then we'd get another one at 8 p.m. as well, so 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. And now a word from our sponsor. One of our favorite ways to continue to nourish our brain, body, and soul after a work sesh is with some mindful eats and tasty treats from Hurriali. They use an abundance of local and organic ingredients to carefully craft delicious healing foods and juices. Born from a dream to nourish the low country with healthy food with a focus on sustainability and environmental stewardship, this local business started over eight years ago at the Charleston Farmer's Market. Hurriali has grown to two locations, one in downtown Charleston and another in the Riverland Terrace neighborhood of James Island. Some of our favorites from Hurriali are their acai bowls made using organic grade acai with no added sugar or fillers, their hot grain bowl salads like the Buddha bowl, and of course their fresh green juices using greens from local farms. It is honestly so refreshing, so good. Do something good for yourself at the works and then go treat yourself. And if you mention the works at checkout, you get 10% off your order. Come check them out. And did you guys had cell service or no? No, we had a satellite phone that we could. We had very limited communication with ho with like friends and family, but we had daily. Um, it's called an inreach. We had daily like text communication with uh, with our 
with like a rowing, I say a rowing coach, he's just like Duncan Roy, he's a legend, and then a weather router. Okay. So Dunk, you know, if you were like going into something or something was just feeling off or you, you, you could call Duncan and be like, you know, or, or like when we capsized, post-capsized. Yeah, let's, okay, tell this story. You want to start? You go. <laughs> there, so I think uh, day 13, it was either on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas Day. Um, obviously going into it, this was like just as we were getting over Ben's seasickness, the weather was getting bigger, we were going into a system that was going to be building and we'd got like a, a forecast for the week, it's going to build up to like 35 knots of wind, which is, you know, having not been in that kind of yeah. weather and waves, it was like, yeah. okay, we don't really know what to expect. Um, and I think it was about 25 foot um, and as Ben said earlier, all these systems have a primary and a secondary. So the primary was blasting 25 miles an hour and we're coming down a wave and then all of a sudden and it's like we didn't even like it still doesn't feel like it happened the boat just starts going over and we've been hit by a secondary wave coming from the other side who, we who was up down. who was down we were, uh, we both, were both we were both up because it was point. so this big the okay. sea state was just so big that you couldn't really be in the cabin yeah it was, yeah. Like, it was the first time that we were like yeah let's stay on deck yeah. for each other um and then we, we go over and I just remember looking at the cabin door and as it's going over, I'm seeing the water line go above the monitors and then I'm in the water and the first thing I know is like, oh, I'm definitely in the water because I've not got shoes on. Where's Ben? So I look back and Ben's already in the boat. So I look back around and then I'm in the boat and I don't know how I got from in the water to in the boat. Just we're there and my shoes are still in the footplate and it's like, okay, well, all this stuff's all around us and grabbing all our water bottles, trying yeah. to save our sunscreen... <laughs> Damn sunscreen. <laughs> and before I know it, we're rowing again and we're just back on it. And Ben's changed. We broke an oar and I didn't even realise. So Ben's getting the new oar out and and then we're back off again. It's like, okay, cool. Let's just let's give Duncan a call. Let's just check all our systems. We've got the water tiller back on and the water's all drained from the boat. Let's crack on. Yeah, it's hard to think of of a situation where you're 1,500 miles from land in a 24 foot ocean rowing boat tethered by just a climbing harness and the boat is upside down and it's self-writing and the winds as you said i think we were at that point that was the peak day it was like 35 mile an hour gust gusting to 38 5 38 miles an hour which when you next see a day like that it's normally they close schools and yeah. the bridge is shut and and then the waves have got up to sort of 30 plus foot it would swell and then and Are you just soaking wet? And so you, you, it just happens. And what Charlie says, it's a like bite or flight yeah. human thing. It's like there's one, like we're, we're just like, just you go into this mode and then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, it's hard Was to it describe. Was it so fast? Like, I, it can't have actually been that, can't have been that the water has to drain from the boat. You're slow. It's also, but it just, everything happens so quickly. So that moment was like a really like quite a, we had that one after that during that day the night was the biggest part of the storm and we had this like crazy night we capsized that day and then the night these waves and we were dragging these lines behind us to try and slow us down and we were wearing like foul weather gear you couldn't really row in it a lot of the fleet had gone onto a power anchor to, to sort of from a safety standpoint but we decided to keep moving forward and that night was just like 
it was, I just remember that night being just like, oh, it's the one night you just want to end. You just Were like, you scared? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. breaking yeah. it. Anyone that says they're not is like... Just like yeah. Because yeah. there's this wave the size of an apartment building. Do you... So you're coming down. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. And it's like a new moon at the time, so it was like pitch black. And you As can just see them coming up. And then we have all the weight at the back of the boat, so we like flop over the back. And we're dragging rope behind us so we don't surf down these waves and pitch pole. And you know... Each night shift, you have three two-hour shifts. And you just like, I just got to get through my three shifts. Yeah. And then the sun's going to come up. Could you sleep when you were not doing your shift? Yeah, you're so tired. Yeah, you try to. Jeez. Um, And then it starts subsiding. And then you have these beautiful days. We're talking about one of these crazy days. But, like, then everything starts calming down over the next three, four days. You know, you get back to, like, 20-mile-an-hour winds. Six to eight foot seas. Everything's 15. just relaxed. Eight. You're having drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you start wanting that. And you're like, wow, I've just, I've just faced my greatest fear. Yeah. I mean, that is, um, in, that's insane. So the other like, crazy thing that happened to us was day five, we were struck by a marlin, like really struck hard by a big fish. And, and we looked and we thought, what? Normally they can pierce the boat and create a hole and they hadn't we'd stuck a head in didn't see anything but what had happened is it had hit our rudder and it cracked the carbon pole of the rudder and a thousand miles later our rudder basically snapped off in another night where the sea was pretty equally not as big as that but big still 25 foot but because it was pitch black we couldn't work out what was wrong with the boat and we couldn't we couldn't go with the waves we just kept turning side on and then the waves hit you and mm-hmm. it's we just had these hours and hours of trying to work out what's going on and we're you're kind of getting flapping because it's you know you, that's a sort of panic moment like what is going on yeah and then eventually when the sun just starts coming up we we, we work out that our rudder is has has um has come loose and it ends up coming off on our hands and then we have to swim under the boat and put in a new rudder. And, this and you is, had one? So this is the crazy thing. You don't have to bring a spare rudder. But we had a moment with... We had a... We had... We, I think Charlie and I pretty disorganized in many ways. So obviously when we were looking at like spare equipment, I think I just ticked every single thing on yeah. the boat. And so we had an extra rudder. And the guy who made, makes the boat said, you don't need to take that extra rudder. I've been doing this for 15 years. I've rode the Atlantic twice. I've never bought a rudder. You don't need it. So we're like, oh, okay, fine. I'll sell it back to you. I will say his exact words were, we've never had a rudder break on one of our boats in a crossing. So this is during that two-week period. So we're like, okay, fine. You take the rudder back. We don't need it. Give me a credit and we're good. And then we're down at the boat talking to Dunk and Charlie and I. And we're like, oh, I don't know. Would you take a rudder? And Dunk was like, I wouldn't cross an ocean without a spare rudder. So we had a chat. We're like, actually, sod it. Let's take, take yeah. that rudder. So we <clears> ran back and he was packing the car up. I said, Charlie, stop. Let's t- we're going to take that rudder. He's like, fine. We we packed it on the boat, didn't think about it, and it was a thousand miles from land. God, oh, my God. So lucky. Because if we didn't have that spare rudder, we'd have had to abandon the boat. Yeah. And be rescued. Um, so it was a sliding doors moment. It was just like someone must, something happened. Yeah. That we had this spare rudder. And then to get the spare rudder in the boat, you have to swim under the boat and like someone I mean, has to be in it and... And so you're doing that. Did uh, you guys like flip a coin or? <laughs> yeah, we had an agreement that during, I was going to go, I was going to be the one swimming in the water. That was one of the many things. Charlie was going to be a lot stronger than me and row mm-hmm. further and I was going to be the one going under in the water. 
that was, there were no questions were asked there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so how did you, okay. So like, give me your mental status. You're two days away. You know, it's coming to an end. That was actually pretty, two days became epic. Three days away, I think was one of the hardest days uh-huh. because you're so close. Yep. And that's where you start thinking about what time you're coming in at. We may have argued a little bit about that. I was confident we were going to be quicker. <laughs> the argument we had. <laughs> it was the biggest argument we had. I was confident we were going to be quicker. Ben was like, look, we just need to, we need to analyze it as we're going. I was like, dude, we can just write. We'll get there. We're going to get there. Um, it's also at that point where all your pain comes back. So when you're leaving, everything hurts. Like your hands, your bum, like everything. Yep. And then I think your body just gets used to that because you know that you're going to be doing it for another, you know, 30 plus days. But it was on yeah, three days from home that all of a sudden your hips are on fire, your knees are killing, you can't hold the oars again because all your blisters have opened back up. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this we're so close to the end, don't don't fall now. Yep. And then you get through that day and you're like, oh now it's forty eight hours. And then forty eight hours becomes thirty six, and thirty six becomes twenty four, and at twenty four hours away you kind of start to see the light pollution. And we were like rowing at night, and then it gets to like twelve hours away and you Are you like the, getting so excited? It, yeah, it was like the energy. I think I don't think I don't think we slept for the last day and a half because it's like we're so close. Yeah, yeah. Like this is it. But it's hard. It's it's hard on the. Um, <clears throat> so you think you're going to be getting so excited, and you are, and you're like, but you also you haven't really slept. For, like sitting here today you'd be like oh my god how am I going to feel and obviously when you get into Antigua but there is you're just carrying like you are so fatigued and like sore and so your level of excitement is huge but you're also it's almost like relief rather than like you're just like oh we have nearly done this (laughs) thing rather than like it's a calmness but you you are depleted like you've like depleted like I I personally you maybe a little less but I, I was I was just so, I always say the ocean rowing, something is always at a level nine or 10 pain wise. Yeah. Like it's either your bum, your hips, your lips, your, something is killing you, your hands. And as Charlie said, so it's like the last two days stuff hurts, but also stuff subsides because you know you've got like a hot shower coming in and family and drinks. And But it's almost just an amazing sense of... Um, just this great sense of achievement. I, I describe it, you you are filled up with this experience. And that's the feeling that I had rowing in. It's like, you could take everything away, but I know yeah. in me, I've just rowed the Atlantic Ocean. Like, it's in my body. It's like, amazing. That, like, I, I just, it's in you. And so, you know, and no one can take it away. It's like, I've, it's, a, it's a lived experience. Yeah. It's like right on the edge of what is possible for human beings, for you, for us as humans, like mm-hmm. sleep deprivation, nature, the sky, full cycle of the moon, just like everything is like the salt that wants to just eat you. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, you can't take that away from us. Yeah. That's the feeling of, it's just like, it's like you feel whole. It's uh, amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, so that, that that was that feeling I've, I've felt since I got back as well. It's just like a bit more at peace. We're just like it's in my body. So what's I the transi- So what's the transition been like? So you get there, and I'm sure Kate and your children are there, and your family is there. Yeah. 
and you're so tired. So are you like, go to sleep or are you like, let's go eat? Are you like, walk? I, go to the bathroom? I think I definitely got carried away with it. It's <laughs> okay. You deserved it. I was like running into the bar, dancing. I felt because you can't walk properly. Yeah, yeah. Like I was just trying to cover it up, just a little, a little boogie everywhere because then you're not, you're not stumbling. You're just having a good time. Yeah. Um, and Antigua, because of the excitement of the English Harbour. Wait, you, well, hold on. I'm sorry. I missed this. You guys won, right? We did win. Yeah. 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 I'm, okay. <laughs> Casual. They're so humble. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> so the excitement around English Harbour is, it's wild. Like, so when we came in, we had like there were some four-man teams that had come before us, swam out to our boat, and we get in with the first pair, and then, obviously, you're celebrating that day, and then the next day, there's a team that... You, we passed a team and, like, called them on the radio about, like, a day before we got in, and so they're coming in, and then you're reliving the moment you step ashore yeah. with them, and I think every team I went to see, I was just in tears every time because it's oh, still so fresh. And yeah. It was really just like this crazy atmosphere um and because everyone's it, this is a bad point everyone's in the same boat yeah everyone's getting <laughs> off and everyone's like okay let's go this is land this is we've done it and so it was a, a week of fun yeah a week of a good time <laughs> i'd say there is a place called shirley heights <laughs> so shirley heights is a bar on the clifftop overlooking the atlantic in mm-hmm. antigua it's this like lookout point from an old naval state british naval station it is the greatest party you'll ever go to sunday night it's like all the island come it's like steel drums and uh we we got in on saturday so our next night was shirley heights and it's like the birth of my two children my wedding something else in there and then shirley heights (laughs) top five nights of my life (laughs) and uh oscar was on my shoulders the whole time we all stayed up till the wee hours and it was just They've sent all the other ocean rowers are there, yeah, and it is just the ultimate like so freedom, amazing. yes, just like we come did on. it, yes. And um, so yeah, if anyone is in Antigua in end of January, end of early January, February, 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 Sunday night, you'll have the night. best okay. night of your life, amazing. <laughs> I'm going. How was your first sleep? Actually, relative again, Ben was saying earlier, I have a weird talent of being able to sleep anywhere for as long as I want. Um, it's like my dad. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. So first time getting back, six hours, perfect. Oh. Woke up with the birds in Antigua, oh. like laid by the pool. It was it was lush. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and that's why that's why I love Charlie, but I hate him as well. Because like, I'm a terrible sleeper. Too. I'm a bad sleeper, and I see him the next day, and my kids are in my bed that night, and I didn't really sleep. And Charlie said, "Hey, mate, yeah, it's great. Everything's great." And I'm like, "Everything's not great. I feel awful. Yeah. Like, I feel terrible. I haven't slept. Yeah, everything hurts." He's like, "Great, mate. What? And he's just that 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 was a you know best partner we could have had for for rowing because. Because he's he's can do do that and he's yeah. always on good form. So it took me. I, I crashed hard. It took me weeks to to get back to. Mm. I bet you took you about a day. Uh, yeah, I think the excitement of Antigua <laughs> like really amped up. Just that, carried you that <laughs> feeling, and then I had a week afterwards where it was like a really low tempo week to like f- properly recover. Um, was it hard getting back into it, mm. like reality when you guys got home? Coming back to Charleston was really tough. Yeah. And I think it was, there's a, a lot of things with this, but like for the last two years, you've been 
training hard, yep. like putting everything into what you're doing. So to come back and I felt a bit like I didn't have as much purpose. Mm-hmm. So that was difficult to deal with. And I had like a, a 10 days off before I went back to work. And in those 10 days, I think the first four days, I couldn't leave the house because mm-hmm. I was like, what, 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 what am I doing? Like, why am I going out? Like going to Whole Foods is like a, it was tough. Overwhelming, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. So overwhelming, overstimulated by everything. And then eventually I was like, well, do I just dive back into work? Like, let me go back. And like Ben was like, just, no, just take your time. Just yeah. wait. And um, I think if I had it, it would have just been emotional overload. Yeah. So like slowly getting used to, you know, being able to go to the store and buy anything you want. <laughs> Yeah. Or like going to bed and it's a real bed. It's like, yeah, it was strange. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and you get back and people say, um, you know, mate, have you been? Have you guys been away? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, take a seat, <laughs> grab a drink. Well, no, you don't want it. But like people said, like, I didn't. So, you, and you don't want to explain to people. We like, obviously, yeah, I've been away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, um, so there's a bit of that where like no one really cares, yeah. which is. As they should, no one should care. But um, you've you've had a life changing experience. Yep. And you're not wearing a t shirt that says it. So that that was part, that was quite strange. But now there's loads of um, and physically as well. We've been on a, like a sort of program to get because you're so weak. Like you can't even like can't do a push up or you can't. Yeah. Can't do a pull up. So what it's exhausting to run. Tri- are you triggering mostly with? Doing rowing. I was just trying to work it out because I was like, where are the muscles? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like I should feeds, be like beach ready. Muscles, so, <laughs> yeah. you that. so it was mainly your legs. Yeah, your legs. Um, and honestly, just sitting down is cool. very different to standing up. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the first day back in the kitchen, you're standing, I like, stood up for like nine hours. My, my whole career, like 16, 17 years, I've always just stood up all yep. day. And it's like, fine. I couldn't get through six hours. I was like, I need to sit down for at yeah. least half an hour because I'm like, completely toast yeah so it's like it's all the things you don't think about so you don't realize how much you use your calves in everyday life Mm. again just for standing your lower back is very like shot i can't even imagine and then like even the little things like you just get super fatigued over doing like yeah the smallest of tasks Mm -hmm. did you and we lost it we had quite a lot of charge how much weight did you lose i think i lost 45 pounds in the rest yeah and uh, it's about 20 something so have you guys put it back on or a little bit of it yeah I have. I wish I could. I was about to say, I might need to take a row. I, I know. I was like, I wish. I wish. Just tie me to the top. Uh, it, is, it is so funny. It's too long celebrating. They, uh, when you get to Antigua, they take a before and after picture. Oh, I've seen them. And our before picture, and maybe it was just because on the day we got our pictures taken, it was quite a grey day in Lagomera. It was like the one day that it rained. But it's like really like grey. You don't look that great. And then Antigua, it's like, have you guys just like on a sunbed <laughs> like it just worked out you look really chiseled you yeah. look great it's like yeah we just rode the ocean to look better yeah really. yeah there are easier ways to lose 20 pounds yeah yeah definitely wow well i know we got to wrap up our time in a second there's like 17 more million questions i want to ask so we're gonna have to bring you back probably but and i know you guys kind of said this but like if you had to pick one of like your biggest takeaways i think honestly the the, the biggest thing was just about being present. Um, it was our biggest sticker on the outside of the boat, just mm-hmm. be where your feet are. Yep. And there are so many times in everyday life where you just don't think about it, but it really hones in, like, hones you in, because the ocean's breaking you down, but you've also chosen to be there. So it's like, just remember why you're here 
and and where you are mm -hmm. and how lucky you are to be doing this mm -hmm. even on the toughest things it's like you are so lucky in even in the in the struggles yeah i love that yeah yeah i think I mean, definitely that and a couple of things that have just really st stick with me is one um if an issue is small deal with it immediately be mm. and so i really have been applying that so like if a relationship needs, if you, you need to lean into something, lean into it. Because yeah. the notion rowing, if you don't fix a little problem, it becomes a very big problem. And I then a big that. problem becomes a disaster. Um, so so that that is one that I think just lean into those, those things. And then I think part of being present and part of facing some of those challenges on at sea, you have an enormous sense of gratitude. So if you've gone and been in the water in the middle of the Atlantic and you've come out the other side and your rudder and all these things have happened it's just like wow I'm so lucky be present hug everyone mm -hmm. if you want to tell someone you love them tell someone you totally. love them like just like feel it um, someone said to me the other day uh, Evan said full body yes and I'm like that's the feeling you want to be yeah like, full body yes yeah. like yeah and it, it makes you feel so alive doing those things so loads I mean there's just so many amazing lessons of, of mm. doing it but like Full body, yes. So, what's the next adventure? <laughs> uh, that's a. a <laughs> would you do it again? Um, I I would do it again. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, low key. I think getting back didn't want to tell anyone that, but I would do it again. Um, but really, before we can even think about another adventure, it's like so many people like helped us get to where we get to the start line um through like either donating to us or like supporting us or having us on their podcast mm -hmm. so it's just really going to be at least a year of just giving back to our community and to the people that have really got us to where we are and then we can think of something later but for now it's it's really yeah. pushing that okay so and that's really kind of you but <laughs> if you weren't gonna row and you could do something together have y'all ever talked have you talked about that i mean not saying you would do it i'm just saying i feel like in i think that's percolating we're a very good like truly a really I mean, yeah a, i can tell a really good team like yeah. we i'm gonna tell people who are listening to this people judge books by their cover and they look at someone and they think in order to be a great endurance athlete you've got to look a certain way you've got to be a certain mm -hmm. way and like one of the things the road taught me is like charlie and i have we, we beat two special forces teams, the SBS guys, to cross. And these guys are absolutely the most elite. They've done Ironman. We had done none of that. But we worked on things that, like, we just lent into stuff. And we were a great team. Mm -hmm. So, like, we never let up. That's so true. And so, like, yeah, we don't have 0% body fat and can't <laughs> do, like... But we were mentally so present and tough, and we played the best music, had the I was most about, fun. Do you play music like, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I think one of the things I know Charlie and I could like put our minds to another challenge, and like approach it in the same way we've done the row. Yeah. And have fun doing it and be successful at it. So I think we'll we'll find something that I think mm. maybe we'll, uh, we can work together as a team. Um, yeah. We get to work together every day, but um, yeah, I thought we were a very successful team, and that that so that. The way we went about training, and um, uh, so yeah, I think I think we'll find something to do together because it'd be a shame not to. Yeah, mm. I agree. This was so awesome. Um, so tell everybody where they can find out more information about Dreamboats. So our Instagram is probably the best place uh, at Dreamboats.us. Our website as well is www.dreamboats.us. Um, and yeah, we've, we've, so part of the, uh, we were raising money for Greenheart. We raised over 150,000 for them. And, um, you know, we're sort of, as we're wrapping up the dream boats, we, we know there's this last little push. Um, but 
definitely, I would say you can find the dream boats down at the Greenheart Gardens that we've helped, we're yeah. helping to, to grow. And, and you can still donate to them or give can, to yeah, them. And what's their, how do you get? They, is it Greenheart, Greenheart's Charleston, CHS? I, yeah, I think so. I think I, is, yeah, yeah, we'll have to get okay. that on the we can, on We'll link. put it in the notes, on the podcast notes. Yeah, you can come and see it at our restaurants as well. Basic yes, Kitchen, Sol- Solomon's Fish Camp, uh, where Charlie's um, run the kitchen now, and Post House. Uh, the fried chicken at the fish camp is probably some of the best food I've ever had in my life. (laughs) It is so massively delicious. So bravo. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this one with your friends. What an inspiration. Rate us, review us, and we'll see you soon.